Ladies and gentlemen, wizards of the world, welcome to the Literary Podcast. So, I'm going to jump into the podcast with a special guest, um, getting up really, really early, halfway across the world. Her name is Eddie Lou, and as you can see here, Jared is with me as always, barely talking this time. I think he's just trying to torture me by not saying anything. Mm. <laughs> Hello, Jared. How you been doing? I'm good. I'm very good. How are you? I'm great. Exciting. Uh, getting further and further. I'm on day 29 of quarantine. And the wife, I believe, is on day 31. So have I've gotten a lot of art done, done a few podcasts with some friends. And you? Yeah, I saw you've been drawing avocados and stuff. It's pretty cool. So cruel, man. You're so cruel. What? It's not an avocado. It was a beautiful avocado. I would hang that in my house. I bet. Are you a Lord of the Rings fan or just, you know, a fan of fruit? Fruit. Look at Right there. Avocado guy. Oh, my gosh. So that's, you just see avocados. You know who else has that? I, I, I have no idea. I want to know who tattooed it. Our, our gentleman friend has it. You see our and, brothers? Uh, yeah, and surpri- not surprising, uh, funny enough, uh, this is a shirt for my friend who is the tattoo artist that did it. <laughs> Super awesome. That's just funny. Who tattooed it? Uh, his name is John T, and he's based in uh, Southern California. Very cool. So, anyway. uh, the gentleman friend is the guy who makes all this sound really, really awesome. Or at least that's part of the, yeah. that's, 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 I understand how his, some of his job is. Um, yeah, he produces and directs us and helps us all. Oh yeah. He's like the smart one. He's, he's another man behind the curtain or just in California. Yeah. Um, without further ado, we're going to bring Eddie Lou in all the way from Australia. Where you said it was like 7am and it's like almost noon. So oh, and I had that wrong. It's all good. And there she is. Hello. Welcome to the wonderful world of Zoom. It's weird in here. It is a little weird in here. It's like, you know, it feels like the Brady Bunch to me. Um, thank you for joining us today, taking some time out of your busy schedule to uh, sit with us for a while. So busy. I've got a lot of TV to watch and a lot of cats to hug. You know, cat hugging's really, really good. Um, uh-huh. got two gentlemen on the, on the screen with us when you're not seen and when you are Jared's with us, he's here as always to throw things out and make sure that I stay on the righteous path of what the question should be. And, uh, Matt is behind the curtain, um, always making sure that we look good. So, uh, really excited to have you. There's so many, oh, there's so many fun stories that we can have, but we're going to start off with the one that we've kind of been loosely starting off with everybody, which is how did you hear about literary um, I think the first year I remember seeing Ebony post about it, um, Ebony Mellow shit, um, and obviously looked fucking exciting. And then, yeah, I think, um, I think I started following you guys and you were like commenting that I should come along too. And I was like, really need to be a part of this. But at the time I just couldn't make it happen. And I was like, you know what? It doesn't matter what goes on, what happens. I'm making year two happen. Um, gonna be there and I did and it was the best thing that's ever happened in my life awesome um it was definitely god year two was so crazy for me we uh we started off really really small and then it kind of almost tripled in size by accident um and the first year we had Ebony who's from Australia it was one person from overseas and by the second year we had about 15 and that was just like mind-boggling and blowing that everybody from so far away would travel to this little crazy event biggest reason being like we all love the wizardry stories so uh that's awesome um now i know that most everybody uh that's on the podcast we're telling everybody you know instagrams on how to find you it's just at eddie lou correct yeah yeah pretty simple yeah it's uh is that with y's or i-e or e-w-d-y-l-o-u double d-y <laughs> Sorry. Just, Let's move on. Jennifer will do. Yeah, but we'll, we'll move Jennifer away from those kind of jokes and stuff. Let's oh keep it moving, Jennifer. I wasn't even going to. That's He's so kind of like their mother. Yeah. That's rude. <laughs> so mean to me. And everybody's like, why do you pick on Jared? 
right there. That's why. Um, so tell me what your favorite, uh, like one of your favorite things from last year's show that you, you oh, experienced. I mean, the magic of the show, like, but I think for me how inclusive um, it was. And I think my favorite thing about it was, um, I guess, how do I word that? Like, there was absolutely no objectification of people who identify as women whatsoever, which was the first time I had ever experienced that in a convention. In Australia, like, it's garbage. Like, I don't even go to the conventions here because, you know, the whole thing is set up for, you know, straight male gaze. And, you know, as a woman, you feel quite unsafe and unwelcome there. And so from the second I stepped foot in Chattanooga, everything was just so welcoming, so inclusive. Um, and really, really safe, a very safe space. That is very, very awesome to hear. Danny and I have actually had a few conversations because, uh, and, and it keeps coming back on this podcast, how um, the show is predominantly women and that's kind of a first. And you actually do something in Australia called Not Just a Girl. Will you give us yeah, a Yeah. I'm so excited to, to kind of let everybody know about this and where it's at and what it did and go for it. Yeah, well, we, it actually came out of, our distaste for Australian conventions really like um, a group of friends and I had done um, a Sydney convention and we were just treated like second-class citizens um, you know it was it was very clear that we were considered to be less than a male tattooer and like I guess you know you know it had been happening for years. Like most women in tattooing have had that experience throughout their career. And we just had enough and we started a group chat and we we're like, this is fucked. I'm done with this. Like, what can we do about it? How can we make a safe space for ourselves? And just like chatting. And I was like, you know, maybe we should do a convention. And some of the other girls were like, well, it's a bit big to start with a convention for ourselves. Let's do a flash day. And then um, my friends, uh, Melanie, Mel and Anne, Sasha, Mizoglian, um, and I just were like, okay, let's make this happen. And we organized um, our first flash day, which was, I think, 24 female identifying Australian artists in two locations, Sydney and Melbourne. And we raised in one day $45,000 for um, uh women experiencing domestic violence and homelessness and stuff. And then the next year we had, I think, 35 artists over three locations, Sydney, Brisbane and Melbourne, and we raised 95,000. That is and insane and amazing. Yeah. Just through like community and art and just like that drive to, I don't know, yeah, work together against the patriarchy and against like, the hatred and the oppression that we had suffered and, you know, particularly for marginalized groups like the LGBTIQ plus community and tattooing. And yeah, we were able to do something really beautiful together just because we love tattooing. Do you feel as though things like that and, and stuff that's happening now, do you think there is a big change that's happening in the tattoo community? Oh, definitely. I think marginalised groups are becoming aware of their power in numbers and in community and we're like saying, you know what, we get to set the standards. We don't have to just deal with the status quo anymore. We can like stand up for ourselves. We can have a voice and we can make tattooing better so that future artists don't have to deal with the abuse and the crap that we've dealt with. And in doing so, we can help others. So like for me, being able to contribute back to the community is really important because I think that's an important part of our role as artists. Very much so. I agree with you there completely. It's It's been wild to hear because you are not the first person who's told me that Literary Inc's been a safe place. And when we started looking for an artist about a year ago after the show, we posted and we had like 45 women apply or, you know, there was a lot of women interest and it was just wild because, and Danny was just like, he goes, everybody sees it's safe here. And I was just like, that is one of the biggest compliments I think you can give to anybody. Um, but not even knowing, like, you know, I know that the women tattooers are 20% of the tattoo industry. So for us to have, you know, 70 to 80% women, it's still just, I think it blows my mind. And I've had so many people say, you don't even know what you have. You don't even know what you have. And seeing so many people come together and, you know, almost the third year when the third year almost happened, um, 
still close. We were so close. I was like, oh my gosh, really? We should have kept it the second weekend of February. I'm just kidding. Yeah. I mean, it's okay. Like Harry Potter has dealt with worse and he came out on top. We can do this. Um, somebody, we can, we can do this. Somebody was joking about the ministry coming in this year. And then I was talking to one other tattooer and uh, she was like, could you imagine if we would have all gotten together and somebody would have died? And I was like, you know, <laughs> it's funny how shit got real dark in the third book, and that's yeah, what's happened. Exactly. <laughs> um, we're renaming Literary Inks next next thing for we're gonna call it three and three quarters since we had to wait. <laughs> it's it's passed around. I think we're gonna make a little emblem and stick it up for a while because I mean, you know, woo. I, like that. <laughs> um, I think I think everybody's gonna get it. I know there's gonna be a few things that that's gonna shift for what we had planned because you know not everybody will be able to whatever. But um, we don't have a, a defined date yet. Uh, they gave us a date that is so close that I don't think we could do it in time. So we're waiting to find out when that next possible date is. So everybody who's tuned in or watching, uh, hang in there. We're gonna get a date as soon as we can. But right now we're also kind of waiting to see this curve and this flattening and everything else. You know what's going on because keeping everybody safe is most important. Yeah. What have you been doing? Also, during just knowing what the world's gonna be like after this. Uh, you know, I have a, a friend, she, uh, she's a professor at a college and she works in, um, like with statistics and nursing and, and she's, uh, she's been talking a lot about how concerts, how just everything is going to shift conventions, like, you know, what, what people are going to look at again. The things that have hurt me the most is there was a, there was, I don't know who one of the doctors that was on TV the other day and he was just like, you know, I don't think we need a handshake anymore. And I was just like to not touch people. Mm. And I understand during this quarantine time and I get the, the scariness of all the pieces, but, and I'm not even a super big hugger, but you know, I do hug people. <laughs> so it's kind of like, do you just stop all of that? I mean, do you, do you stop? You can't. It's, it's part of the, it's part of our makeup. It's human to touch. Like, I think that's why tattooing is so powerful because you know, you're laying your hands on a person for extended periods of time. It, it's something like really deep seated in us that like we need. That's why I think our clients often bring up a lot of emotions and tell us stuff that's really like deep for them because we're touching them and not everyone gets touched in a way that's safe and that's not sexual. And so I think to remove that from humans is really like scary and like has other implications with mental health down the track. I agree. There's a, a, I mean, I know you have probably talked to as many tattooers as I have. Um, and there's a few folks who are really having a hard time with it. Um, the struggles that I'm hearing, cause uh, I have a friend of mine and she's like, it's just like, you're putting out all these pieces. And I'm like, I've ripped up like four. I've painted over like six. I had two or three <laughs> days there where I didn't want to get up. There was one morning I did not get out of bed until 11 and that's not something I normally do. Um, so, you know, like, whereas I keep telling everybody, be uplifting, get stuff done. You don't have to, um, no. you can be Netflix and chill. You can, you know, whatever personally me, I have to do something with my hands. I have to, I have to be yeah. up and about. Uh, Jessica made a garden a couple of weeks ago and I've been out there like today I went hoeing. <laughs> oh, okay, cool. um, so, but it's, it's been, like I said, it's 29 days. Tomorrow's 30. I feel like the, I came home with intentions, you know, I came home with, I wanted to do this stuff, but also came home thinking we'd be back to work in three or four weeks or, you know, two yeah. or three weeks. And now it's into a month. And I know that we've at least got 15 more days and probably another 15. And it's going to be a marathon, honestly. Yeah, it's, it is. And it's, it's a lot to put your head in the space of where, where is it that I fall that I am okay? Um, you know, what is it that, that makes me feel okay in this environment? And I think, you know, sometimes just telling yourself Netflix is great or just telling yeah. yourself, I keep telling everybody I'm an 80 year old painter that's retired, but or I'm painting full time for a living um, <laughs> and having a spouse at home. And I know you're married too. um, having a spouse at home. You're getting to learn new things about yourself, new things about your spouse. And I've realized, you know, I really love my wife. Um, yeah. when she was gone that, that minute. It was just kind of like, I missed her so much, even though we've spent all this time together. Um, so I don't know, crazy times, but how have you and the hubby been dealing with it or 
Um, yeah, we've been going good. Like, I think at first it was really, really stressful and difficult. Like, I had to kind of make this last minute decision to cancel my visit to the US yeah. and like deal with that. And then, like, kind of come to the realization that, oh, I have a studio and I have artists working for me and I have an apprentice and I have to shut down the studio. And these are people who are all going to be impacted by this. So, there was a lot of stress of just like trying to find a way to support my artists, um, make sure that I was financially okay and support my husband because he got stood down the same day that we were made to shut. So I think initially it was just like allowing myself to be in that grieving process and work through the stages of grief in order to come out the other side like okay, like mentally okay and kind of just daily giving myself permission to be like, I'm just going to sit on my butt today and that's okay. And I'm allowed to do that. And you know, tomorrow I'm going to paint something and it's not going to be a painting with the intention of, of capitalizing on it. You know, I'm not going to monetize everything I do. I'm not going to do everything I do for other people. I'm just going to do stuff for myself. And I think that's a big part of the healing. I think those of us, like, for example, us in Australia, where we are privileged enough to have welfare and to get some sort of assistance, this could be a really positive thing for us because it forces us to um, be comfortable with ourselves, be at home with ourselves, like, you know, work through our emotions, get back in touch with what we want out of our art making and then kind of, like, come into this new world that we're going to experience with a fresh view and a better understanding of who we are. And it's a holiday as well. Like I have been tattooing for 10 years now. It was 10 years at the start of this year and I've never taken a break. And, you know, I've always been so busy and this is actually quite lovely. Uh, with you horrible there. as it is. Yeah. I wish it would have happened two weeks after the show. Yeah. Um, yeah. That's the only thing like, you know, if we could just move one thing, I mean, it's already horrible, but, uh, it's weird because I'd, I'd, I'd planned to take off two weeks in July, which I know is like way far, but it was like the only time that I had mapped out that I could. But I agree with you on the forced break. We've been talking about it. I keep, uh, Jared asked what people were calling it a couple of weeks ago. And I was like, I feel like it's just a pause because it's almost like, you know, here we go. We've paused now talking about that. Back to, okay, it's crazy, crazy, crazy. Or is it going to be that we pause when we go back and we say, okay, now I've taken control of what this thing called time is. Yeah. You know, I really hope we don't go back to the way things were. I think capitalism is broken. <laughs> yeah, well, I think it's going to be mixed. I think some people have come, you know, they're going to come out of it with new thoughts, new intentions, new things they've broken free of. And then I think some folks will go, okay, I'm back to working and I'm back to working and I'm back to working. Um, yeah. it's definitely given me a new insight on a lot of things, but let's get to the fun stuff. Um, <laughs> who's your, who's your hair, favorite Harry Potter character and why? Hands down McGonagall. Oh, because so apart from the fact that she's an angel and I want to be her, like she's the only character for me in the entire series who is truly kind and truly selfless and and safe like she you know she doesn't ever abuse anybody's emotions she doesn't ever overstep any boundaries she's a strong role model she's intelligent she sets her own strong boundaries which makes her a good role model I just think she's brilliant um, if we were to ask you who you'd want to be quarantined with I guess that'd be the answer too well you know what Ooh. Maybe not <laughs> because <laughs> this is like the Dumbledore thing, Jared. Go ahead. <laughs> as much as I think she's incredible, I think I think that you know sometimes if you're cooped up with someone that you admire, you might end up like getting a bit frustrated by them. But I think I would want to be in quarantine with Sirius because Grimmauld Place looks like it would be really fun. You'd always have something to discover and find, and you'd never get bored. And Sirius is hot. And yeah, I've always considered that place like the dark side of Willy Wonka's chocolate factory. Yes, it's almost like when you saw the wallpaper that got burned, and I'm like, was that lickable? That was it was so strange. The first time I watched yeah. it, it was my first thought. I was like, that looks like it's the lickable wallpaper scene from Charlie. Yeah, but we're kind of in a bit of a like. I just saw that meme that was like, what we're experiencing right now is when they go through that tunnel in Willy Wonka. Like yeah. when it, yeah. So it's I only felt the scary part in the movie that one and the little dude with the cleavers up front. So great, <laughs> good stuff. 
Um, what, what's your favorite book and movie? Hmm. Um, I think, I think the common answer is going to be book three because it's incredible. That's where like shit gets real, shit gets dark. There's a lot in there. There's like friggin' cute cats, like Crookshanks. There's, uh, it's just, there's so much going on. There's wells, there's time traveling. Who doesn't love time traveling? I, I mean, agree completely. Favorite time travel movie of all time. Go. Sorry? Favorite time travel movie of all time. Oh, I love Interstellar, but that was really well I'm done. a yep. massive Doctor Who fan. Like, I am a Whovian through and through. But, yeah, I think book three is, or, see, um, Order of the Phoenix is really good too. So they're like, I think they're on par for me because I think the themes in them are particularly relevant now as well, like facing the, like, corruption and injustice in the system and having to work together <clears throat> as a community to like overcome that. And I think that's really powerful message. Have you always been an advocate? Like, hmm? like, have you, when, when, when did you start coming through with your political views with your, I mean, I feel like that is, I've always felt like you're a very strong woman. You're a very strong individual. You say what you are thinking and you go after shit that you want. Did that happen like when you were younger or was that just something that? I think so. I think I've always been this way. My mom said I was like the most stubborn pain in the ass child on the planet. Like I literally used to make my brothers line up to watch TV. So I've always been a bit of a control freak and had very strong opinions about everything. Uh, but no, I think, I think um, I always wanted to have something to do with politics. Um, you know, when I was at uni, I was studying law. But um, when I left uni, I, left, I had spinal cord injury and was forced to leave uni. And it kind of made me reassess my outlook on the world and kind of, over the years starting to like view things differently and that's when I came into like feminism and you know other really really important um social views for me and I think being an artist is like a really good way of expressing those views and uh, like helping other people through art so it's just part of who I am I think <laughs> now you said you've been tattooing for 10 years almost everybody I've talked to in the last several weeks has I think Ebony just had her 10 year anniversary mine was yeah. in where it's been wild to see like all of these all these same people we're all meeting at literary ink we're all kind of hanging out together we're learning things about each other um <clears throat> it's a special place for sure um i mean it makes sense that a bunch of 10 year olds like harry potter so yeah <laughs> yeah how were you when you found the first book or like how did how did the harry potter series fall into your life i was trying to think a second ago i was like i just had a question where'd it go and there it was I actually, I don't remember when I first started reading it, but it was in, ad in adulthood when I was a tattooer that I started reading it. When I was in high school, I didn't want to read it because that's what everyone else was doing and I did not want to be like other people. So <laughs> I rebelled against the popular thing. Um, but <laughs> yeah, no, when I, I, I've always obviously been into like fantasy and magic and, you know, just like otherworldly things. I love the escape. Um, but when I did start reading Harry Potter, I think, I think I maybe saw the movies or something and then was like, okay, I really missed out by not reading these books all these years. And then I got straight onto them and it was just like, holy fuck, this is something that I can like obsess over. <laughs> I'm definitely a big fan of, of, of all of these and three is my favorite. I don't think there's really any other answer. Uh, we got a question from online that asked what would, if you were in the wizarding world, what would be your favorite way to travel? You know, flu powder, apparate, the car, by broom? Uh, definitely apparate. It saves a lot of time. It's very efficient. So cool. What about you, Jared? I see you as a broom rider. Uh, what's the one that shoots you diagonally? <laughs> flu powder. <laughs> That's mine. We'll, we'll work with it. Um, I think that you were wanting to try to play a game with us, right? I mean, you've been super quiet, so we can let you come back into the room and talk. No, I'm good. I'm just That's absorbing information. I'm getting to know Eddie Lou, so. You didn't want to talk a lot. 
I do too. Yeah. Sometimes he does too, but he makes himself look all sweet and stuff on here. Typical. <laughs> See, you're in the <laughs> just yeah. <you know. laughs> um, well, I think we were going to ask a few questions about some tattoos. Okay, I thought that was after that part, so I can go on to that. Oh. So yeah, let's do that. I know that you have sent us a couple of cool tattoos because uh, we were we 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 started realizing you know just how visual we're able to be on here. Um, so these are your favorite tattoos that you've tattooed, correct? Or some of your um, favorite some tattoos? of them. I don't, I don't know. I can't pick a favorite. Who can pick a favorite? Uh, it's always the last tattoo that I've gotten. That's my yeah. favorite. <laughs> so Matt is going to drop some photos of these tattoos in. And Eddie Lou, you could tell us a little bit about it. And Jennifer can share some info about it. Oh, this is awesome. Thoughts? Oh, yeah, Ooh. I did this one last year. It was really fun. That's so good. So, yeah, look at the little bitty tiny people in the boat, y'all. <laughs> um, so, remember when she said she's very anal about how she does everything? Look at that precision and straightness and perfect shading, Jared. That is I, I mean, my only, my only question is, when did you come and draw my house? <laughs> <laughs> Well, that's insane. Yeah, that's insane. Uh, you said this. You said that was from a year ago. Yeah, I did that last year. I think, by memory. And did it? Did it take a year to complete it? I mean, there's so much detail packed into it. I think that one was maybe about five hours. What? She's that far. Very. You got mine done in like thirty minutes. <laughs> so the I've one been, we do not speak of well i'll tell you yeah one day i'll show you so i've been getting horcruxes kind of randomly placed throughout my body so that my wife can find them we've been joking about hiding the horcruxes and she got to do the ring um so that's one of the horcruxes i got from her that was so fun it was it was it was a crazy day um <laughs> getting to pick you up last year was just nuts because it's like both of us don't know who we are but we've been talking kind of online we've had a couple of little like you know these kind of conversations and it's still kind of like i don't know who you are but i'm glad we're into the same shit and woohoo here we go <laughs> um, so it's, it's been wild awesome. folks and then you know being able to talk to a few people more because you kind of get a little bit more connected has been really groovy so the next photo that you're showing right now is really awesome and, and guys y'all don't know this but i do this is a colored piece from her, and it's very, very rare to get it's set so piece. It is very rare, and had I known, I would have asked, but then I was also told, <laughs> that don't do color while you're away, so I'll come over there and get one, um, but I love the concept behind this. Um, when I was talking about getting a snitch a long time ago, I thought about doing something along, you know, something that you just landed it. Um, it's the, 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 the sorcerer's stone in the... Uh, in the snitch and it's just damn good y'all so if you're not watching go, go stalk her page and find out what the heck i'm talking about <laughs> i like to know that she doesn't that eddie that you don't do color often and that you chose to do it with on a uh, an item that's so difficult to catch you know and to acquire <laughs> so yeah. it's kind of it's kind of subtle and fitting what is that 150 points yay i win yes <laughs> <laughs> and you're Gryffindor, correct? I mean, to add, oh, absolutely. There you go. <laughs> you might be one of our first Gryffindors that I've interviewed. If I, if I think you might be, literally one of the first. If not, I though. technically got Ravenclaw in the like um, quiz you do online, but I was just like, I'm not answering a quiz to get in my dorm room. Fuck that. And I really identify as a Gryffindor, so I was like, yeah, that's me. <laughs> I thought I was a Gryffindor, and I was very, very, very excited about being a Gryffindor, and then I took the test a couple times, and every time I came up a Hufflepuff. <laughs> the last time it, it grabbed you by the shoulders, it and just said, said you're a Hufflepuff. <laughs> okay. Uh, so this tattoo is a Death Eater. Dementor. Dementor. Yes. <laughs> is is there a difference between those two things? Right? Yes. <laughs> okay. I don't, I, I'm so, so on the fringe. So, um, Dementor. 
I'm glad Jennifer wasn't there to hear that. She'd be very ashamed of Probably me. Oh, yeah. Be, yeah, I was actually looking at it going, which way is he kissing? Is that on the back of a thigh or on the front? It's on the back of a thigh, yeah. this It's actually funny. This lady um, and Lisa... Uh, Lisa and the last lady, um, Lily, they're both getting basically entire leg sleeves full of just Harry Potter tattoos of me. So it's really cool that some of my favorites were on them. That's amazing to be a a client to come to you and say, go. (laughs) Yeah. That's so wild. Um, Let's see. You got any more for us, Matt? Or Snape, good guy, bad guy in your eyes, because everybody has a different feel for him. I... I think I adore Alan Rickman. <laughs> However, <laughs> I think that Snape's kind of a little bit of a prick. Let's be real. Like, he's incredibly entitled, thinking that, you know, it was okay to, like, abuse a child because he was in love with the child's mother and felt like he should have been with her. Like, bit of a misogynist. You, you thought he abused Harry? Yeah, absolutely. Jared, have you read the books? But no, I think Dumbledore that's, that's what I was going to say. So <laughs> Controversial. That's very true. Really? <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, watching the movies a few times, I maybe don't catch that as much, but that's also because I haven't read the books. So, um, <laughs> yeah. But, I mean, I feel like now the next time I do a viewing, I'm going to watch it differently and try to pay attention yeah. to that. I think, like, the older I get and the more, like, kind of friggin' feminist I get, the more I'm like, fucking fuck Snape. Fuck Ron. <laughs> but, I mean, it does make sense, like, what you're saying. Like, somebody who pined after someone for so long and never was able to get that. And then now is like given this duty to protect this, like, you know, a love child of his yeah. person that he wanted to be with him. That has to be difficult. I mean, that has yeah, to but be I a mean, struggle and stuff. So, like, so he's going to. He's one of those boys who's sticky about being friend zoned. Gross. Yeah, right. <laughs> Have you been friend zoned though? It sucks. <laughs> No, I don't feel entitled to other people's emotions. <laughs> uh, how does your Hogwarts house play a role in your life as a tattooer? Hmm. I don't know how to answer that. I mean, like, I'm the boss lady, and I feel like being a Gryffindor, that works. That's a good point. How many folks do you have working at your studio? And if you'll let everybody know how to find your studio. Um, my studio is called FLT Tattoo Studio. Um, we're in Hamilton. You can find us on Instagram. But um, I work with, how many people do I work with now? A few. There's seven of us. Um, yeah, it grew really quickly. It was initially just Sophie and I. And then, like, we kind of were joined by Brooke and Sian. And then we, like, had this cute little girl gang going on. And then all of a sudden, like, Elena, um, who's one of my long-term clients who just like really deserve to be a tattooer. She came on board as an apprentice and then we found Jade and Paul and now we have like the most amazing little group of artists and like it's really like cute little safe queer space. It's awesome. Very cool. (laughs) Jared, that's me. It's time for your game. Okay. Are we ready to doodle? I'm ready to doodle. Oh God. I got this. What are we doodling? Hmm. I would say uh, we're just going to take a few moments to doodle, let's say, your favorite item or object from the series. Uh, Just a doodle. Okay. Just, just a silly doodle. <laughs> just a silly doodle. You can't say to like a tattooer, oh, just do a silly doodle. Like everything we do is about taking drawing serious. <laughs> that tattooing serious Harry Potter podcast, silly. <laughs> I don't even know what I like. S- serious black. Serious. Um. I still and, haven't uh, thought of a thing to draw. 
<laughs> That's okay. Girl. Take a moment. Draw, draw Take a moment. For the sorting hat. How about a quick sorting hat? Sorting hat. Mm. Done. Here we go. Jennifer, we should do a we should do a doodle sometime of uh, have somebody draw a, a sorting hat and a random non Harry Potter world person they would like to see under the sorting hat. I agree with you. That would be a funny one sometime. Um, trying to think of a good random Harry Potter question. Eddie Lude, have you been to multiple literary inks or just one? Just the one so far, um, which is a bummer, but she I'll be at all of them from now, from now on. All right. That's Jen's awesome. not going to be able to get rid of me now. It's all good. I wasn't planning on it. <laughs> Matt, will you shoot us your address again? I need to know where to get this going. Um, and so last year, Eddie Lou, when you came, was that your first time in Chattanooga? Yeah, it was. It's pretty. I didn't actually get to see much of Chattanooga, though, which is a shame. Maybe yeah. the next time you roll in, we'll be able to give you a little bit more of a, a tour. The, it was so crazy last year. Um, I felt like I kind of didn't get to see hardly any people. Yeah, you were just like running around like a chicken with its head cut off. It, it was it was crazy. Like I said, we went we uh, we went out of town on a cruise, and I came back, and we had like way oversold the size that I thought we were going to be at. And so uh, we were we were we were learning new things. We went from like eighty five artists to a hundred and. 20, 150, I can't remember right now, it was crazy. Something. We're the same size this year, well we would have been. Um, we'll be the same size for three and three quarters. And then, uh, yeah. Uh, and you know, we, we talked a little bit tonight about you being a feminist and being into politics. Uh, I hear that they kicked you out of the last convention. <laughs> kicked me out, oh yeah, like, yeah. Didn't get kicked out, but they packed the convention down around me. <laughs> Wait, we did not kick her out. What convention no. are you talking about? Um, no. everybody, we'll make she sure. shut it down. She yeah. shut it down, right? She really I did. Shut it her, down. Her and next week's guest, Squire, shut it down. Um, she was getting tattooed by Squire, and the Sunday night, literally, it was them and the table at the end. All of the pop and drape had been taken down. All of the boxes. We were pulling all of our stuff out, and there they were. Still tattooing away. It was awesome. By um, the end of it, it was just us in an empty room, and it was so good. I believe we have a picture of this happening. Oh, oh, oh look yeah. at this empty space. <laughs> wow. And that is Squire. He'll be here with us next week. Oh, I like your skirt. He's so talented. I'm so stoked I got to get tattooed by him. He is one of the sweetest guys. Uh, he loves introducing every all of his friends to each other, which is something I enjoy doing too. Uh, just having different creatives, you know, let their 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 spaces join is 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 a beautiful thing. Sometimes and you end up becoming friends with somebody you, you met thirty seconds at a show. And uh, Eddie Lou, what is he tattooing in this picture? Um, he did um, a beautiful like landscape with mountains and Hogwarts Express running through it, just on my forearm. It's so beautiful. Definitely one of my favorite tattoos. That's awesome. <laughs> All right, let's uh, doodle for another minute or two. I'm oh, so Matt, there. Matt found the tattoo. Awesome. Oh yeah, check that out. And those little tiny lines coming out of the moon. See, both of them are so similar. It's wild, but you can you know who's who. That's that's yeah. Right. Oh yeah. For artists and for for those of you guys that aren't tattoo artists, I know that we have a, a mix of who ends up like listening to the podcast, and I've gotten to see some of the Patreon members. Um, it's really wild. Collectors come out, they start finding folks, they want to get tattooed because of the certain style, and both of them are so defined with their black and gray, with their fine lines, and that's just something that. You know, I, I talk about getting on here and being able to talk to tattoo artists and that just, it, it blows my mind to be able to learn so much just from becoming friends with folks and seeing 
what it is that they're doing. And everybody who comes to the show and that we've kind of met, everybody's so free giving with knowledge, which is also something that's not quite as freely accessible in the tattoo world, unless you're going yeah. to conferences or conventions. And, and even with that, the one that has hit me the most, and I will talk about it for forever because I've only missed one and I wouldn't have had I not been on a boat in the middle of the ocean, but Explorer Tattoo Conference. Um, I, you know, Jess Ferris was on here a couple podcasts ago and it's just really an amazing place for tattoo artists to go and like learn more. Um, but there's just, there's not as much out there unless you're really connecting with some folks who have been tattooing 10 and 12 years and who are yeah. killed with every piece. Cause in the beginning, when you're, when you're just learning, whew, it is the hardest and the best thing you'll ever do. Yeah. And it makes no sense to be secretive. Like, like we are, because like you, you don't learn, you don't grow. Like community is so much more beneficial and the sharing of knowledge in that community is it's better like at the end of the day if we share knowledge we can do better tattoos for our customers and they deserve that like they deserve better yeah. there was a guy who told me he said don't worry guys you can watch um i'm going to show you some of the fun things that uh you can take he goes and if, he goes i've seen so many people who've stolen our ideas but cool still do something else with it we'll just come back with something right. better yeah. yeah that's it if someone copies you or steals from you like they're never going to be able to do it the way you did it because right. they don't have that years of knowledge that took you to get there. They don't have well, the, takes, same hand the same eye. Yeah. It takes people a while to gain that confidence. I think like we, I think in all artistic fields, you know, in the music scene, in the photo world, like when you start out, you're playing other band songs and when you're taking photos, your photos look like, you know, similar to your friends or, you know, who you look up to. And it takes a while to find your voice and to find that confidence to step out. And I think most people are afraid in those early days or years to share information because they're worried about, you know, well, if you, if I tell you, you're going to steal my business, you know? And I, I think that like you're saying, Jennifer, um, you know, the people at the conference saying steal our ideas, like, they have that confidence because, you know, well, and I'm not saying there's only those two kinds of people, those that like build up, but when you get to that place and you have confidence uh, in what you're doing and you trust in, you know, your style, your voice, whatever that is, it, it is an empowering place to be and you can use that for good or bad, you know, and the good is saying, take these ideas, like, I'll teach you anything because like Eddie Lou said, you're not going to have my voice. You're not going to have my hand. You're not going to have my eye. And so the, you know, I can only take you so far. One of the funniest things I saw out of a magazine was a long time ago. There was this guy who was doing a sleeve um, or it was like a chest of superheroes and um, somebody stole it and did the tattoo. They copied it directly from like, here's a photo of the guy's chest and here was the penguin and here was this. And they put it on this dude's arm and the guy who originally got the tattoo, they worked around the nipple, but in the, <laughs> he took it from, yes, he took it from the chest and put it to this guy's arm. And the guy, I guess, assumed it was part of the drawing. And so there's a nipple tattooed on the side of his arm underneath the penguin. Um, so, <laughs> I mean, I think that as artists, what is it, who said it, was it, was it Dolly or Picasso? One of the big ones were like, uh, good artists don't uh, borrow, they steal and turn it into something completely new. Uh, I think we all at this point in time, seriously, how many, Harry, how many, how many uh, Deathly Hallows have you done? How many of this have you done? How many of this have you done? What, what I'm starting to see and what I'm excited about is the, is the turn. Like, you know, the, the tattoo that you got from Squire, the tattoo that you did on somebody, you're getting a completely different view of the castle. You've got this tiny little bit of boat at the bottom and then you've got all the rest of the stuff going on and it's not just the same castle shot. It's not just this. It's like artists are evolving even more so with, you know, the, the wizardry world. I'm seeing more of those tattoos come out. Whereas in the beginning it was like, here's a cool little hallows and I have this. Now it's kind of like, here's my sleeve. And it's got like all these characters that were just like little bitty bits. Awesome. It's so good to see like the different interpretations of Harry Potter imagery that all the different artists do. And I think it, it's a testament to, the importance of being authentic in yourself as an artist, you know, you can take the same image as someone else, but if you 
are authentic and you just do what comes naturally to you and what feels right as an artist and it's going to be completely unique and beautiful. Yeah. Well, speaking of beautiful, let's see your doodle. (laughs) It's actually, no. How about no? I'm here. <laughs> Mantic, like, I just, I, I never stopped. Oh, uh, what? I was literally just scribbling on paper. <laughs> oh, that's amazing. <laughs> well, we only got to see it for like uh, half of a second, but it was, yeah. well, I, I mean, I'm going to go back and pause it. and stare at it later. That was awesome. Uh. <laughs> It turns out I can't draw and talk. No, you can. You keep telling me that it was funny. I was talking to him about it last week because Cody and I did a little drawing segment. And I was like, he wasn't, Jared wasn't on screen when it was happening. And I was, I told him, I was like, I was having such a hard time because I was trying to talk to Cody, ask him a question and still draw myself. When if I was just drawing and you were like bulleting, you know, just boom, 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 shooting questions at me, I could answer you. Because I'm like, well, I'm drawing, like, that's cool. But, like, doing all of it, mm. <laughs> I'm essentially well, a pudding brain, so, like, it's too much for my little head. <laughs> thank you for humoring us and playing. Uh, and we'll play one more round of hey, games. Second. I'm going to get a group shot of this. Trivia. Oh, yeah. <laughs> this is great. Hold on a minute. We're going, we're going on right now. We're so ready for this. I wasn't thinking about it. Okay. Boom. <laughs> yeah, that was awesome. Okay. See, <laughs> yeah, I'm still not. Okay, here you go. <laughs> okay, so just a couple of fun trivia questions to see, you know, what, what y'all know. Probably not ready. You're not ready for trivia? Um, well, I mean, I'm kind of ready, but I'm not like the best with trivia, so I'm kind of like, I'm not going to be good at this. I'm oh, terrible okay. at trivia. Well, there, there's no prize, so there's not really a win- winner or loser. It's okay. Um, well, Jennifer, let's ease Eddie Lou into this, and I'll start by asking you our first trivia question tonight. Are you ready, Jennifer? I'm so ready. I think, you're try- I think you're trying to post things on social media right now. You are correct, but that's all good. We're having fun. Um, Okay, Jennifer, name the four participants in the Tri-Wizard Tournament. Sirius, Lupin, um, Scabbers, and Ron. What? (laughs) (laughs) Just random, like, just throw in Lex Luthor, What are you on, mate? (laughs) You want some? (laughs) Drinking... Blade out of a Theodore cup. <laughs> I, have, I have all the chipmunks and the chipettes. So. Go ahead, Jared. That was the first question. I answered. What was it? Sirius, Ron, Scabbers, and Lupin. <laughs> so that's a, you don't know the answer to that question. Got it. Uh, Fleur, Crumb, the one who died and Harry. Edward. Edward from Twilight. There we go. Edward from Twilight. Oh, I hate sparkly vampires. Ooh. All right, we'll, we'll give it to you. That's close enough. Okay, Eddie Lou, do you remember how many presents Dudley got for his 11th birthday? Oh, uh, it's a number question. I can't do numbers. It's like 20 something. 27. Seven? 27? How could there be 27? Last year it was 29! <laughs> Close. 36. Oh. Yeah, like I said, numbers, pudding brain, can't do. No, that's, yeah. Well, okay, maybe you're better with letters. Uh, what does, what does newt stand for? N-E-W-T, newt. Ah, oh, man. It's morning. I'm in isolation. Leave me alone. <laughs> I don't know. Jennifer, you want to try? It's Commander. Mm. That is not what it's That's just. what I was thinking of. Just like Eddie Redmayne. I think he's talking about the owls. Like, the, uh, like, I'm like, I don't even know what those stand for. 
nastily exhausting wizarding test. He's trying to kill us. So is so is this. So is this game. It's exhausting. <laughs> no, good lord. One more question, Jared. Then we're gonna go back to having fun. Jeez. One yeah. more. Don't make One it more. I'm One bringing more. out the. I'm gonna bring it out. <laughs> oh no! Thank you. No, thank you. Uh, last question. What hog? What Hogwarts house did Moaning Myrtle belong to? I don't remember, but I have an idea. Was she? Are we both answering that, or is that Jennifer? Whoever. Yeah. No. I would. I would assume Ravenclaw or Slytherin. I feel like Hufflepuff. I don't know. No. I can't remember. He's too bitchy for that. That what is it, weird. Is Raven she bitchy Claw. or is she lonely? She's bitchy, man. <laughs> She's bitchy. She has mental health problems. We are. <laughs> I guess if you're stuck in a bathroom, though, that there's a lot there. There's a whole lot there. Yeah. I mean, I'm kind of terrified of like shared bathrooms, so I'd go mental in that too. I don't think she minded when the boys were taking a bath. That's true. <laughs> on that note, <laughs> on that note, thank you so much again for joining us today. Everybody, stay tuned because she is in the quarantine sessions now um, via Zoom. But we're going to get her at Literary Inc. in our lovely aquarium room. Um, uh, one last thing, I always ask everybody: if you have a question for me, go for it. And Jen, can I say before I go, thank you so much for doing a Literary Inc. It's honestly one of the most amazing things anyone's ever done. And we all love and appreciate you in the Tattoo Wizard world. I appreciate it very much, lady. It's, uh, it's, it's, it's been one of those things that's been the craziest, one of the craziest things I've ever attempted. And more than anything else, bringing all of you guys together and getting to meet you, I think that's what actually made the show. The heart behind it is every wizard who shows up, every attendee who shows up, all the acts. There's, there's some type of magic that happens. Um, there's an air, unlike any, any other place I've attended, like with like-minded artists. And, um, you know, a lot of the folks keep talking about how everybody is nice and they're trying to, you know, be part of this, this thing and just, you know, always making sure we try to get the right folks in there. But no, I, I really, really appreciate that. It's awesome. Um, everybody stay tuned. More of the Literary Inc. podcast coming this way. More Eddie Lou, more all the other people. Yep. Have a good one. <laughs> stay, stay good. Wash your hands. <laughs> Bye, y'all. Bye. <laughs>so much for hanging out with us today make sure you keep up with us on instagram at literary inc get access to discounted tickets for literary inc and tons of other cool stuff by joining our patreon join now at patreon.com forward slash literary inc take a moment to leave us a review on apple Podcasts and make sure you subscribe so wherever you get your podcast from you can stay tuned in to the shenanigans that we're having every week thanks for sharing the magic with us today be good to each other